Welcome to another episode of the Sauce Worthy Podcast. I am your host, Gold Chain Diva. And as always, follow me on Instagram at goldchain underscore underscore diva. And if you would like to become a part of the discussion, please add our Facebook page at the Sauce Worthy Discussion Board page so that you may chime in on any topics that we may be discussing. I know it's been a while since the last episode, but there's been so much going on. So just to take a couple of moments to update you all on what's been going on in my life and with Comic Sauce. Um, So we have officially launched our official trailer to the short film Vicious Cycles Malik's Redemption. So if you have not gotten a chance to take a look at that trailer, please visit my YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe and share and make sure you view that video just to get yourselves hyped up about this new film that we have coming out sometime this fall. Um, We're still, you know, ironing out all the details uh, so we will let you all know you know when we have all the premiere details and things like that but for now just know it's coming this fall um, so that's very exciting we have that the film is finally done um, and getting ready to be submitted to several film festivals for consideration uh, so that's very exciting um, and then also right now um, we did launch today um, we launched our first comic sauce like no shades on behind the scene uh cast interviews for the new film um so we'll have one of those coming each week all the way up until the launch date uh, and we'll have those so that you can get to know the cast get to know the ins and outs of you know the production and everything that went into you know behind the scenes and things like that and also just to hear more about the meaning of the film and what it meant to some of the cast members so that's been going on with me um definitely a lot has been going on and i've been keeping myself busy so i do apologize that this episode is a little longer than expected um but you know God is always on time and this is going to be an on-time message as always. So with that being said, our topic for tonight is Broken Bride. Now, you know I like a good play on words. Um, So I chose that title Broken Bride because I have a a lot lately I have been seeing um, that not, not only are a lot of people glorifying um what marriage should be you know idolizing it putting it on a pedestal um and not really you know looking at it from a realistic standpoint um so a lot of people have been you know kind of jumping into these marriages that I've been seeing um they haven't been lasting very long like somewhere between like you know maybe just shy of a year or even shorter than that um but I haven't I have been noticing that a lot of people have been jumping into marriages these days and that these marriages also are not long lasting. Um so that's why I decided to have this episode um along with God's help have this episode titled Broken Bride um to kind of address address, you know, what it means to be a broken bride um and why, you know, being a broken bride is very detrimental to the livelihood of a marriage. Um, So before I go into exactly what our topic is tonight, I want to start by saying, because a lot of people, you know, I do have male listeners and I don't want my male listeners to kind of tune out um, because they hear the word bride. Um, Even though bride in the Western sense, in the the sense that we think of it, um, is typically a female, but 
Um, I want to give you all, and I always give you all some type of biblical standpoint, but I want you all to know that men are also brides as well. And I know y'all probably are sitting there thinking like, what? Like where she's going with this? So I plan to tell you where I'm going. Um, straight to the Bible, of course. Uh, I just, it's important for us to first start off with saying that, you know, everyone is a bride because we are Christ, the bride of Christ first before we um, are, you know, in a marriage with anyone, um, you know, in the human form. Um, but we are brides to Christ first. And we can see this in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5, where it says, For your husband is your maker. His name is Yahweh of hosts and the only, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. So that's just a basically basic way of saying that everyone is a bride, everyone is a wife to Christ, um, and that he is our first love. Um, so I thought it important to start there just so I don't have my male listeners kind of tune out early and be like, uh, this conversation is not for me. I'm going to go ahead and head out. Um, but I want y'all to know that this message is for everyone. So sit tight, sit tight. It might be something here for you. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is why we have all of these relationships that are seemingly ending prematurely. And I want to start with, you know, just saying that a lot of these relationships that we see that end very quickly, um, their foundation isn't solid. Um, you know, typically you have two individuals that are coming into a marriage um, and they should be whole. But what we're seeing today is that a lot of these individuals that are jumping into relationships are pretty much are pretty much serial daters, um, serial relationship, serial monogamous. I don't know. I'm looking for a word to say, but serial something, because basically the point I'm trying to get that get at is that these people are getting out of one relationship and jumping directly into another relationship. Now, I know I will get a lot of backlash from this because people don't want to hear when they're wrong. But honestly, how can you ever jump out of one relationship and jump back into a relationship before you even taking the time to heal from a, that previous relationship? Um, you know, even if the, the relationship ended amicably and you all were able to part ways, you know, peacefully, there's still hurt and pain and traumas and, you know, resentment and things that have happened in that relationship, no matter how short it is. I mean, a relationship can be a week and it still could, you know, have something that really bothers you or impacted you enough to end the relationship in the first place. And so what I want to say is, you know, even with as much, even as with as little as pain that we think we've received from these relationships it's important for us to really take that time and reflect on not only the part that we played in the scenario but also you know the part that our partner played in that scenario as well there's a lot to be learned about yourself from how you are in a relationship and so with that being said, you know, we've heard this plenty of times before on this podcast where I've shared, you know, different things about myself because that's the best example I got for y'all. Um, but I learned a lot about myself in my last relationship. Um, I learned about what I would accept. 
I learned what I wouldn't accept. I learned what type of person I would turn into in various scenarios. Um, so, you know, it, it, it really uncovered all of the places that were broken in me beforehand. And like, you know, one of my um, good friends said in an interview that we did the other day, um, you know, he was like, it's very hard for you to learn yourself. Well, no, it's very hard for you to learn your spouse and learn yourself at the same time. And so that's why it's so important that we all go through a phase of separation where we sit with ourselves and really learn us. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, I've only been 30 for a hot minute, but I'm going to tell you that from, you know, from 20 to 30, it's like day and night. You know, it feels like, and I told, I told this to a couple of my friends before, that I feel like the wool has kind of been pulled back from my eyes. You know, I see things now totally different than what I saw them when I was a child. And that's how I know I've matured. And what I mean by that, to give you all the example is, you know, give you a universal example, because we all have family. We all, you know, all of our family has their ways and, you know, different characters in our family that we don't necessarily want to be around or we do or whatever the case may be, but we're family. So we, I'm going to start there. That's the example I'm going to give with family. So think about how when we were children and we looked at our family like our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, our whoever, grandparents, whoever. And we just looked at them as if they couldn't do any wrong. No blemish, no scar, no nothing. They were just perfect. Um, you know, we loved going over to hang out with our cousins and, you know, go to our aunts and uncles houses and, you know, spend the night and go on vacations and all types of stuff. And it was no flaw, no fault. But as an adult, as a 30-year-old adult, now you start to look at your family members a total different way. You start looking at them like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, you start looking at that, like, what makes them tick a little. Like, oh, they weren't happy about that. Oh, okay. Or, you know, just little small things. Like, you start to realize ways about people and why they are the way that they are. Because um, now we start to look at things a lot differently. Like, we start to look at it from an emotional standpoint. And also, in efforts to protect our own peace, we start looking at people to really see, like, okay, who do I even really want around me in the first place? Um, so, it's not just as black and white anymore. Like, oh, I'm just showing up. And it's so funny because I tell people, I just told one of my friends this, that's where the whole who are going to be there came from. It's by protecting your peace. I know we laugh about it a lot because black people always got to say, well, who are going to be there? But seriously, it's some legitimacy to saying who are going to be there. Because, um, I mean, I want to protect my peace. And so, I mean, ba basically, that's my parallel of saying, okay, you know, you get into this relationship before you and then ask the question, who all going to be there? You didn't jump into a relationship and you don't even know who you with. And so here you are months later, you know, dealing with their trauma that they never healed from in their past relationship. But then here you are at the same time, not dealing with your trauma and everything is, is coming out. And, and and basically, I like to say, basically, you start bleeding on each other. 
because now every issue that you had or now every issue that they had now starts to bleed and tarnish and, you know, blemish the relationship. You know, they say all the time, you know, such a cliche, but hurt people hurt people. And the thing about it is what I'm finding is that a lot of hurt people don't know that they're hurt. You know, we're so used to being this high paced, you know, touch and go society where we have to mask our real feelings and what we're going through and keep on pushing, keep on pushing. So we're so highly functional that we don't even realize that we're hurt in the first place. And so honestly, you know, I would challenge anyone who just got out of a relationship that's thinking about jumping right back into the dating world. I would challenge you to give yourself, I mean, as much time as it takes, like I'm not going to tell you to give yourself a specific amount of time because here I am, I had my last relationship ended two years ago and wholeheartedly I have been working on myself and really healing those places of myself so that when I do, you know, when my forever person does come along, that I'm not bleeding all over this relationship. Because seriously, jealousy, insecurity, you know, all those type of things can ruin a relationship very, very quickly. Um, so if you if you haven't even identified, you know, what issues that you got going on in the first place and identify the root of those, I mean, you're really going to bleed all over a relationship when you get into one. So I challenge, you know, whoever may be thinking to get back out there to really like take the time, take the time to sit with the hurt, the pain, the traumas that happened in that that last relationship and really ask yourself, you know, what part did I really play in this scenario for this relationship to end up here? Because a lot of the times, you know, we always pin it on one person or the other when a relationship goes bad, but realistically it takes two to tango and, you know, two people relating to one another, like you can't really put it all on one person. It, it cause and effect. You know, one person may act the way and the other person acts a certain way based off of how that first person acted. So you can't ever say that it was all one person. Um, really take that time to reflect inward and figure out, you know, what it was that contributed to the relationship being the way that it was. I'm going to tell you all that I'm so passionate and wanted to speak about this um, because, you know, as one of the people that are single and happily single, like for real, for real, um, it bothers me when I get people asking me, oh, well, when you going to get in a relationship, you've been single too long. How you ever going to find somebody? You ain't even putting yourself out there. Oh, this, oh, that. Uh, 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 uh. All it is is nonsense. Like, it really gets up under my skin. Like, I literally had a conversation with one of my homeboys, and he literally asked me that. And then, and I'm sorry if you listen, because I feel like you do listen, but it really made me feel a certain type of way because you kind of prejudge what I'm looking for, what I've told you, what I'm looking for several times, you know, just because your experience with women these days, you know, shows that most women just want to hook up casually um, and they don't want, you know, the relationship. That's not true for me. 
And so it really bothers me, like when a person asks me over and over and over again. And we and, and I've touched on this in episodes too, where you know our family sometimes rub us the wrong way because they're like, "Oh, when are you gonna get married? Oh, when are you gonna have a baby? Oh, when are you gonna do this?" Ah. Especially after you hit thirty, it's like your 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 biological time clock is ticking. And yes, I mean I feel that pressure. Don't you think I'm worried about that too? Like, so for you to keep asking me questions about stuff is just annoying. Like, like, and then it's funny because I'm glad that I'm more secure now because back, if if I wasn't still insecure the way that I was, when people would ask me stuff like that, it would make me feel like I'm crazy. It would make me feel like I'm missing out on something. It would make me feel like I'm failing at something. And honestly, like this society will make us think that, you know, because we're deciding to be single, that we're weird. And honestly, it's weird to me that everybody feel like they need to be in relationships. That's the weird part to me. Like, honestly, can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk about why everyone feels like you have to be in a relationship? Like, one of the things that's been grinding my gears up lately, and I'm just venting to y'all for a second, I cannot stand going to weddings anymore. Sorry, not sorry. I used to, when I was younger, remember that weddings were a place where, you know, pretty much single people would go and to meet each other and honestly to like these days it's the exact opposite single people for whatever reason are starting to feel like oh I gotta bring a date to a wedding how about you just come single and see who else is single and maybe we can mingle like it's so annoying to the point where I'm just like yo I don't want to go to nobody's wedding because there ain't nobody there for me <laughs> like I, I'm well hold on hold on hold on let me not say it like that don't say it like that T calm down just a little bit rain rain it in just a little bit of course I'm at these weddings to celebrate the union of whoever it is that's getting married that's the most important part rather I should say I don't want to go to the reception anymore <laughs> like um don't nobody want to stand there and see a whole bunch of couples dancing around all damn night I would like to shake my behind on somebody too or get to know somebody too like anyway that's besides the point went off on a tangent but nonetheless um I just get irritated with people feeling like they have to be in relationships. And so I really had this conversation with one of my homeboys and I really had to tell him like, one, number one, first and foremost, the dating pool is trash. Like, I'm pretty sure it's looking real septic out there. Like, it's not too many things that I see out there that I want to be bothered with in the first place. That's number one. Number two, I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. We got too many people these days settling. And when I say settle, because I don't want nobody to think that, oh, I got a whole list of things that I need to check off for my person to be my person. My list is actually very small and very solid. That solid is the love that 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 list is to love God with your whole heart. Period. That's it. Everything else falls into place after that. And so, you know, 
my list is very small. But when I say settle, you know, I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm out here like scouting. I got a pen and a pad and just marking it off. When I say settle, you know, I mean like I do have a standard for how I feel I should be treated. I have a standard for how I feel I should be courted. Um, you know, I have a standard for uh, wanting my person to be healed. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly understand that nobody can be a hundred percent healed. You know, um, there's always places for us to work on. Um, so, you know, I'm not asking that my person be perfect, but, uh, but ultimately healed from past traumas, past relationships, past hurts, and understands what makes them tick. Um, I want my person to be able to come to our relationship and be able to, you know, say, hey, I don't have X, Y, and Z all figured out. I just wanted you to know that when X, Y, and Z happens, you know, I tend to X, Y, and Z. You know, I, I want that level of emotional awareness. I want somebody who's aware of their emotions enough to be able to communicate them to me, especially because it's hard for me, especially because it's something that I'm still working on. So I want somebody to be able to also encourage me in that way. Um, so I, when I say I don't want to settle, I don't want to settle for, you know, somebody who's giving me half of what I want, you know, and ultimately not treating me the way that I feel that I would like to be treated. And so I choose peace. You know, some of y'all wake up choosing war, choosing violence every day, but I don't got time for the foolishness. I don't have time for it. When I tell you I found peace, like genuine peace in my life, I would like to keep it that way. And honestly, that's what I told my homeboy, like when we was having a discussion, I said, bro, to be honest with you, I enjoy my peace too much than to let somebody who's not healed come into my life and mess up my peace. Because basically, hurt people hurt people. I don't want nobody being able to come into my safe space and be able to bleed all over me to the point where now I'm reliving things that I've outgrown. And so it's very important. Like That's why it's so important. Um, because a person that has not healed, like you can heal all day and all night, but a person has not healed. If you entertain them, they have the potential to be able to bring you back to where you were and take you off all of what you learned. So, you know, that's just a little gist of, you know, what's been going on in my mind and why I think it's so important. Um, cause it, it honestly, to me, it's alarming rates now of people getting divorces, um, you know, the idea of marriage is no longer sacred anymore. Um, people glamorize it and, you know, basically want to, um, flaunt it all over social media. But meanwhile, you really don't know what's going on inside these homes. And so I think a lot of people, you know, are enamored with the idea of what marriage looks like from the outside, but really never take the time to realize what marriage means in the first place and also how much work it actually takes to maintain a healthy relationship. And so if you don't have thick skin, if you're not willing to, you know, grow and learn a person, um, 
Because basically, at this point, you should you should know yourself. If you've taken that time to learn yourself in your waiting season, now that you're in a relationship, now you can focus on learning that other person and giving to the relationship the way that the relationship requires. But if you're never, if you've never taken that time to heal, ultimately you're gonna work on yourself. You're gonna be working on yourself, and what's gonna happen to the relationship? And so, really, it's all about freeing yourself up emotionally. So that when you are in your next relationship, that you can give it everything that it deserves um, so that you can see everything clearly, you know, for what it is and what it's not um, and be able to navigate a certain type of way. Once you know what you stand for, you won't fall for anything. And so I hate to quote um, NLE Chopper, but I thought it was so interesting because, you know, he's going through a whole breakup with his um girlfriend, baby mom, you know, they going through a whole breakup right now. And one of the things that he said in his video was that basically the two of them had not healed in their past relationships. And when they found each other, it was like a pit stop on each one of their journeys to get into the next place. And so... Honestly, that's I think that's when people say like, you know, right person, wrong time type situation, because um, just think about if you would have if either one of those two had been healed and, you know, whole when they met each other, would it have been a pit stop? Um, And the question, you know, the answer we would never know because obviously they're broken up. But I just thought that was such an eloquent way that he used, you know, to say, we stopped here for a while to help each other on each other's journey, give each other something to take with them onto their next relationship. And so I feel like that was a very mature and positive way to look at it. Um, You know, not throwing, he didn't throw fault on either one of the sides or whatever, but basically just saying, hey, like, you know, we met in this time and space and we occupied it together, but now that we're moving on, now that now we know um, what we want to take into our next relationship. Um, so my thing is, you know, yeah, um, it's very important because relationships really shouldn't be a trial and error type of situation um, because real like we're real people are involved in these scenarios. So if you're going into a scenario thinking like, oh, I'm just going to try this out, see how it works. Oh, I'm going to try this out, see how it works. Um, ultimately, you're playing with somebody's heart. Um and a lot of those lessons, a lot of things you can learn without having to hurt somebody in the process of it. Um, but that's just my little spill on that. Um, so the last thing I'm going to leave you all, and it's so funny because I hate to follow up quoting an L.E. Chopper with quoting the Bible, but whatever. You know, we're here. We're here, you know, um, and we're not ashamed. Uh, but one of my favorite stories in the Bible um, I love that Jesus talked in parables because it, it really is under easy to understand um, the lesson and the picture picture that he's trying to paint um, in order for us for us to get the message that he's you know trying to push to us. Um, but one of my favorite parables in the Bible was about the um, the young woman with the lamps, um, and they had to get the oil. So I'm just going to take a couple of seconds just to read this parable. It's not very long, um, but I'm going to read this parable to you um, just so it can kind of bring it all together and bring things into perspective. All right. So the story is the parable of the 10 virgins, um, chapter 25 in Matthew, 
Um, so Matthew chapter 25, verse um, 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five, five of them were foolish and five were sensible. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take oil with them. But the sensible ones took oil in their flask with their lamps. Since the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The sensible ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell and buy oil for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the rest of the virgins came and said, Master, Master, open up for us. But he replied, I assure, I assure, I do not know you. Therefore, be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. Um, so I think that's very, um, a very important story to talk about because we're, it's, a, it's a lot that plays into that. Um, I think that, you know, obviously the virgins were waiting to be married. And in their waiting season, the oil is what was required to sustain them to, until the groom arrived, but also once he had arrived. And it was it showed a level of preparedness. Um, so I, I, in the sense of what I've been talking about to you all tonight, I would say that, you know, look at the oil as the healing. Look at the oil as, you know, the time spent by yourself while you're, you know, growing and uh, waiting on that marriage, that ideal relationship to come and take enough tools with you, take enough oil you know, take enough that it'll be able to sustain you once that that groom comes along. Um, you know, I, I had to do additional research because I was just like, like in my mind, like, of course, and I'm sure some of you all are thinking, well, the bride, had, I mean, the groom has showed up. What did they need more oil for? Like they made it through the night. Like what did they need more oil, oil for? But I had to look up, um you know, some additional historical facts and details. And basically, once they had made it through, uh, typically the ceremony would take place at nighttime. And so basically they would be relying on the light from their lamps to illuminate the space that they were in. Um, so basically, you know, those who did not come with their oil, they would not have been able to really participate in the ceremony um, because that was a vital part of what that ceremony was. Um, so they had to go and get more oil. Um, and while they were going out to get more oil, they totally missed their, their groom. And so what I think that really means is, you know, and this is why it's so important for me during my waiting season is to be working on me is because, you know, 
my groom, my my guy that I'm asking God for, he could come to my face tomorrow morning. Because I don't know the day nor the time that God will decide to, you know, put my person in front of me. But what I do know is that if he decided to put that person in front of me and I was not ready, I would mess that up tremendously. I mean, it's like, you know, right person, wrong time. And I think that's one of the most heartbreaking scenarios to be in is when you feel like you've met the right person wrong time. Because how many more opportunities are you going to get to meet the right person again? Um, especially with this dating pool looking ridiculous as it is. Um, and I know I'm not the only person that felt like, you know, I've been in a situation with somebody and I was like, dang, like, what if I was more ready? You know, this could have worked out differently. Um, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have had to go through this or X, Y, Z or whatever. Um, but another important, you know, quote that I tell myself when I'm feeling that way is that I haven't missed anything that was for me. Um, so ultimately, you know, I find peace in knowing like, during this time right now, I'm not missing out on anything that's for me because everything that's for me is making its way to me every day, every hour, every second. Um, and so all I can do is be prepared as one of the 10 versions, you know, in that story, all I can do is make sure that I bring more oil with me to make sure that as I'm waiting, my flame doesn't go out. I don't get weary and well doing. I don't get weary waiting on, you know, God's promise. Um, and I think that's a lot of the times what people struggle with is waiting on, you know, what if I leave this and go for it? What if I leave this and I'm getting at least 50% of what I want? And then I go out there thinking I'm going to get 75% and I get 30%. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think people wait at odds like, okay, uh, I mean, I'm old. I'm, this is pretty okay over here. I can, I can deal with this. Um, I, I, I'm scared to leave this because I don't know what else is out there. But honestly, it, it's more out there. Um, I just think that, you know, we just don't get to see it. And honestly, like, you know, I was watching something the other day and it was basically saying like, you know, the way that I'm in my waiting season, like, you know, God secludes us and gives us periods of isolation so that he can give us the message and the lessons that he want to give us, you know, and he has our full undivided attention. Well, you know, what's to say that while he's working on me, he doesn't have my husband and his waiting and his, you know, being hidden right now either working on him and working on his scenarios so that when we both link up, it's right person, right time. Um, So, you know, it's like if you trust God, trust God, like trust him with your whole heart, Um, you know society will try to go back and forth and make you think like what you're waiting for your wait is in vain you know you're going to look crazy but God you know will never forsake you like if he said it he's going to deliver it Uh, but with that also being said you got to make sure God said that you were meant to be married because not everybody is supposed to be married and that's okay and that is okay Um, and, and I think we need to preach that more that, you know, because you don't have to aspire to be married. Maybe you're just not for you. Like, parenthood is not for everybody. Being married is not for everybody. Um, So just make sure that you're also communicating with God about that as well. Um, Letting him, you know, know, like letting him reveal to you what your purpose is and whether that is a part of your purpose. Um, 
So with that all being said, you know, this episode Broken Bride, I hope that it, you know, helps somebody and encourages somebody to take the time to really like heal. Like, I promise you, as much as people like to wear their singleness as a curse, um, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you like it, the grass is green over here too. Like, it's green over here, too. Like, I'm not going to say that, you know, I don't desire to, you know, have a family and things like that. But ultimately, I don't wear my singleness as a curse either. Um, During this time, I'm really doing things that I enjoy. Um, Even if it is alone, even if I don't get to enjoy it with somebody else. Um, Right now, I'm just living life and I'm fulfilled with my purpose. And I think that's the biggest thing to really say. And I'll end this podcast on this note is that when you're captivated by purpose, you will not be distracted by, you know, things that's coming to rob you from your purpose. And so as long as you're in purpose and doing what God has called you to do, um, you know, you won't be weary in your waiting season. You'll be so occupied with what you're supposed to be doing that, you know, you won't even miss the fact that your person hasn't arrived yet. Um, But that's not to say that some nights won't get cold, some nights won't get lonely, um, but keep on going and find fulfillment in that purpose until the day that God decides to um, deliver his blessing to you. So with that all being said, I hope you all are encouraged and I hope you all, you know, stop bleeding on people. I really like stop bleeding on people. That's why we have this society today with all these different people afraid to love, afraid to be hurt. Um, So just stop bleeding on people. It really is a vicious cycle. And if we end it here, um, you know, we we may have hope in this dating pool. (laughs) Um, So thank you all for listening as always. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave me some thoughts in the Sauceworthy Podcast Discussion Board. Let me know your thoughts on this episode. Um, And then also make sure you all subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, We're going to have a lot of different things coming out over the weeks to promote the short film. And I don't want you all to miss it, not for one second. Um, So, you know, with all that being said, I hope you all have an amazing rest of your week. And know that um, I send encouragement to you all and I love you all with the love of God. Peace.